Hello, hello. Hello. Welcome to uh, and gentlemen. To Fresh Talk. Welcome to Fresh Talk. With us uh, it's uh, it's Kai here. I'm Dan. We've got special guest our our buddy Shane Mack. What's up, Fresh Shane? Fresh Talk. What's going on, bud? He's How's uh going, guys. Good. Thanks for coming, man. Yeah, thanks, thanks for coming to thanks hang for out with us. In. Chris is on some fucking vacation in tropical yeah. paradise. Chris so is in Mexico, uh, hopefully not getting captured by Sandinistas and beheaded, which has been happening lately. So yeah. we'll see. He may end up stuffed full of drugs and back to us. I have no idea. He and not talk, in the good way. Not in the good way. He so, could talk his way out of that situation. Is about uh, <laughs> yeah, that's Armados true. or something? <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, he's with Owen there, too. Yeah, that's bro. Armados. <laughs> Jesus, that's fucking... I just picture his head on a turtle, man, while walking through the desert. <laughs> Welcome to what it is! <laughs> Still talking. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, anyway, so we're here. We're doing this. Uh, yeah. Uh, what's going on, Dan? What's what's new? Uh, not much. Just, uh, usual, usual week. Working. Had a nice relaxing weekend. Yeah, I did too. It was pretty quiet. It was pretty excellent. quiet one. Yeah. A lot of wind these days. So it's I'm very just, windy. Yeah, trying to avoid that. Had a heat wave here, which for those of you anywhere else is not really a heat wave. It's but, a joke. But boy, it was in the 90s here and everyone was pissed off because it's not the 70s and we're Californians and we're very spoiled. Yes. Swayze, what's going on? Not much, dude. Just been, uh, you know, same old thing. Went and saw a pretty decent band the other night called Kurt Slayer. Z. You may have heard of them. Oh, yeah. I, I know them. It was a good They're, show. Uh, oh, thanks, man. Yeah, yeah, it was a really good show. Yeah, I, good played some, I played some music this weekend. It was good. I tried, I tried good to make it. I was drunk at home, so yeah. you know, I didn't leave. Uh, you know how else was good was, was uh, that band from L.A.? Yeah, was absolutely. Their, uh, Micronians. Micronians. Yeah, hop on the internet. Check out Micronians out of Los Angeles. Very, very good three-piece lady singer. She plays some bass. Guitar oh, I player. I love those lady singers. Yeah. yeah, I know. Lady drummer. <laughs> She's a tall drink of water. Lady drummer as well. Yeah, they're, mm. they're more ladies than dudes, and but they're... It was good shit, man. Good, good pedals. Lots of verb and delay. Little, little minus, uh, not minus. My bloody Valentine-ish, but uh, much more melody. It's good stuff. Totally. Uh, cool. What's what's going on in your life these days, Shane? Well, you know, not much. Just got back from the desert. Did the whole Coachella stagecoach adventure. That's a that was that like a month of your life. It was a month of my life <laughs> in the shit. dirt and the debris and the winds and the heat. And then to come back to Ventura and amazing, so much of the same. <laughs> How are you hot. not like dark as a moor right now? You're, yeah. I mean, you're pretty tan, but like I would expect you to look like cream. I'm um, fucking wait, Irish. I look like Wesley Snipes walking in. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I was I was black like uh, the second week, and then uh, my blackness started fading because the stagecoach came around and. You know, <laughs> you couldn't be that dark for the country music, or they well, they'd kick you out. You know, I, I <laughs> Jason Aldean would send security out. To- Jason was definitely there. You know, we were broing down, hanging out. I think about you know, we were hanging out with our tailgate and our beers. Honky and, tonking. Uh, we were honky tonking. You know, Lots of somewhere uh, somewhere around like that Florida Georgia line. No <laughs> pun intended. You know, but uh, you know, that's, that's a sketchy r- line. That's a rough place. That's yeah, a redneck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I heard a lot of uh, wagon wheel covers, as if there weren't enough. These days, there were definitely plenty of them. I'll bet at Coachella, all you heard was a bunch of Hallelujah covers. Oh, there were a lot. You know, the thing that I heard the most was, yeah, silence. No, there was none of that. No, a lot of, a lot of really drugged up kids running around. That makes was, sense. Yeah, it seems likely. Yeah. It seems like a, probably a whole lot of, a lot of hallucinogens roaming around that place. Here's, yeah, a, no. here's an important Depends. question for someone that's been to both. Okay. We like to talk about boobs around here. Yeah, where you could come. Hottest girls, Coachella. I mean, stagecoach is a me, contender. Let's wait. Let's before you answer this. Let's give our theories and okay, why. Good call. My theory is stagecoach because nothing brings out 
hot broads like country music. That's I'm true. telling you, if I could do it all over again, I would either be a Christian artist or country music artist because that's where you that's where you get uh. the fine ladies. You know, that's the, funny about the Christian artists and the country artists, though. They were both like rock and roll artists before, you right, know? It's right. True. You could do, and if you're a Christian country artist. Oh my God, you get God. the best movies anywhere. All of the good boobs. But do you get to see them, boobs. though? Or like, do you have to yeah, go to confession you, you right after you see standards. them? You don't have to actually believe it. I mean, <laughs> you just have true. to sell it. You don't have to buy it. You just have to sell just it. Get that like frankincense, you know, frankincense record. <laughs> you know, I think the I think the boobies that you see at Coachella, you get scared because you're like, oh my God, are you old enough to be doing this? Am I going to get arrested for watching? You know, and then you realize that, no, none of that stuff would ever happen to you. It doesn't matter what age it is. Because it's Coachella and anything right. goes. But at Stagecoach, I feel like you see a lot more boobs. And sometimes you don't want to see the uh, boobs. But you got to see them. Because good with the bad, they're boobs. Right? Realistically, I mean, they're boobs. I mean, yeah, you're not going to not look yeah. at boobs. Good, bad, or indifferent, they're still boobies. Yeah, even the worst boobs, I'm still not bummed to saw them. <laughs> the best boobs, though, are at Stagecoach. I will say that. I would imagine so. Yeah. Probably but the look. youngest boobs are at Coachella, oh. and that is fun. Oh. So depending on which way you... I like my you... boobs aged like my beers or my mm. scotch. I was going to say, there's a lot more frontal nudity at Coachella than I at Stagecoach. I'll bet there's also a, a, the, I'll bet the vaginas are a lot hairier. Yes. And There's a lot more foreigners. Foreigners at Coachella. There's I, a I, lot of foreigners. I'll bet everything. But I'll bet there are a lot more foreigner fans at Stagecoach. Yes, there are. I'll bet everything is just smellier at Coachella. <laughs> like everything. Yeah. Just in general. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, the Stagecoach crowd brings RVs. Oh, There's man. Not, not too many of those unless you're an artist at Coachella. Sounds like a lot yeah, of pee pee just sort of simmering in the desert here. Trailer <laughs> trash. <laughs> Yeah, gotta love it. God, yeah, so, very, much yeah. oh, God. so much fun. Looking back, oh, oh. glory oh. days, glory days. <laughs> well, anyway, moving on to our usual segments. This week, our our beer of the week, brought to you by Dan Clark. Would you like to explain your decision? Thank you very much. It's by Dogfish Head, which is one of my favorite. Which breweries. is your pretty much your weekly bring, and I it's appreciate you. My go-to beer because they're so good. Yeah. Um, this. You mind if I uh, try this go-to beer? That's that's what they're here for, man. Get in. Oh god. As long as Kyle didn't start all over. I'm dropping you. bottle openers as I'm trying to hand them to Shane. <laughs> it's the Palo Santo Maron, a la Mark Maron. Um, it's a it's an ale. It's a it's a dark ale, and it's freaking delicious. It is. It says brown on the bottle, but it's it's bolder than a brown it's, ale. It's, it's really it's, rich. It's aged, it is. It's, it's like oak it's, it's close to stouty. This is it's delicious. This is this is something I'd like to drink out of a chalice. Like around a, a round stone table, good, good plotting cold, to pillage something. Cold a malt beverage aged on Palo Santo wood. Yeah, it's delicious. It is quite good. Wow, 12% very, alcohol, very too. Very clean, yes. And it will, it'll get you drunk. <laughs> so that's what we're drinking. Yeah, Try that. It's, it's a winner. This is actually one of the better um, dogfish head beers I've had, and that's saying a lot. That, we, that is. Discussed, I quite like their beers. Oh, so good. So, uh, yeah, this, this podcast brought to you by Dogfish Head Palo Santo. That, Wow. Yeah, Milton, Delaware. Yeah, yeah they're, yeah, they're in Delaware. They're in Delaware. Go figure. I'm in Delaware. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're from you're from not far from there. Yeah, not too far. So, Go Phillies. <laughs> uh, in other news, the plane. You know, we can't still can't find it. Yeah, there's it's just gone. it's over. This is probably I'm gonna let's just throw this out there. This is the last we're gonna mention the plane probably until they find it or actually or until they find it. Yeah, because otherwise <laughs> that, we will not could discuss be forever. this again. What plane? The Malaysian. Yeah. Oh, here we go. 
But, uh, you listen to like the last 10 episodes. We give you play by play. I mean, are they even still looking for it? They it's, are. They, they are, are, really. But they've scaled it down just way, way, way back. The right. last, I, I use this app for news called Circa, and you can follow stories. So anytime there's a, an update, it'll like ping you right away. Sure. Like, breaking news. And the last one was like two weeks ago. And they're like, yeah, they're not going to look for anything aerial anymore. We're just using the subs. Right. So. And there's like, a small fleet. <laughs> it's not a. Like two it's not a global effort anymore. It's a very. Um, it's basically Localized. the bare minimum now. So it's two yeah. guys. So like one guy's like fishing for like squid or right. something, and the other guys like actually using the. <laughs> exactly. Hey, do me a favor. Fly- if you if you uh, with that fishing pole, if you hook a anything that looks like it may have come from a plane, just let us know. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. What's, it's you catch any plane parts. It's Ernest Hemingway out there, fucking. Old man in the scene, just hoping uh, to catch himself a plane. I fucking hope they find Cthulhu. <laughs> oh man, Jesus! There's probably there's just as likely a chance they will. You're probably right. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, was it. Was a good week for TV. Also, it was. Shane, do you watch Game of Thrones? You know, okay. Here's the thing. All right, I am terrible when it comes to Game of Thrones. Get out. I know. You know, a lot of people have told me about this. See, I'm actually one of those people that My is heart, technologically. Well, I don't even want to go into it. Realistically, I just don't watch a lot of television. So now, with the invention of Netflix a few years back, you know, now I'm starting to really catch up on TV shows that were from the past. So, like, Lost, I'm in, like, season five of Lost. Oh, Oh, that's great. Okay, yeah. Are you enjoying the show? Oh, my God. I'm totally lost in it, (laughs) you know? And it's exciting because normally I don't get this excited over television shows. And I watched two episodes of Game of Thrones, and I will say that I'm honestly stoked on it, but I like to see the reactions of everyone around me getting more excited about the shows, and then that allows me, like, well, okay, Kai likes it a lot, Dan likes it a lot, John's into it, I'm gonna love it, but I'm gonna wait a little while so that you guys can really love it and tell me about it, well, and then a, I'll love it more. Funny great, enough, I'm in that boat with you right now, I see? haven't gotten into it. That's a great well, call, because you're gonna have, I don't know, six seasons, seven seasons worth of stuff by the time we actually start, so when you're ready to plow into it and you won't want to stop... It'll all be And then there. you guys will want to rewatch it because you're like, I don't yeah. even remember that happening. I'm going to watch it again. Oh, Let me put it this way. Next time I get bronchitis, I know exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> See, and that's normally what happens. It's like, uh, sit on the couch. it's not a large tackle because each season is only 10 episodes. So you okay. don't, it's they not. up to 12. Really? 12. Wow, it doesn't. Think did. searching about that? No. It's not, not 25 episodes, so that's, you know. <laughs> Throw down the gauntlet. Let's yeah. fight it out. <laughs> Pun intended. Yeah, anyway, episode was It was excellent. Goddamn great. It was excellent. It, oh. As we talked about last week, even though they're diverging fairly significantly, but in a very small way, yeah. it's still great. And they just, like, for us, they made that weird diversion, and now they've sort of and, yeah, like, half looped back on path. Yeah, yeah, it was like a, it was a I detour. I but I loved it. It was great. Uh, yeah. Goddamn! Great, was violent, great show. Yeah. Also yeah. wanted to mention. Um, also, the first episode in, in recent times that there has not been a lot of rape, which is nice. It's nice hmm. to have a not rapey Sunday. There, you know? there were, I don't think there was any <laughs> rape. There was none. It's that's it, it unusual. A good way to end my week was to not have a lot of rape in it. Now, do you guys watch it on HBO Go? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, not to plug sauce. HBO Go at all, I but because, I really think that's a great because app. Because on the West Coast, we get HBO Go allows us to watch the episodes three hours earlier we get it. than East Coast if time. we actually oh. watch it on TV, which is... Just like Satellite. Yeah, yeah. which it's is badass. Fantastic. It's great, because that means I can still watch Game of Thrones and get to bed at a, an unreasonable hour, as I do. <laughs> <laughs> we really do have it good on the West Coast in that realm there, being able to get things early. It's true. 
Yeah. We're, you know, it's paradise. Like when the ball drops in New York? It's true. I, we can actually stream that. Go to bed like, oh, it's 9 hour. o'clock. Yeah. Happy next year. Good night. Yeah. yeah. It's good enough. <laughs> good night. Instead of watching the replay, like, we've we been raging all lot. day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you started at noon. I started at 9. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Todd, you was at the beer festival. Oh, boy. Or with baseball or, was I? you know, any of those kind of things, you get the benefit of having that time. I'm telling you, I'm pumped right now with the Dodgers on the East Coast, and it's great. I'm done with the games early. The game starts at 4 o'clock. I'm, like, the game right now is in the bottom of the 8th. Oh, yeah. And it's 7 p.m. This game will be done by 8 o'clock. That's brilliant. It's better than staying up until 11, especially because they're usually going if, into extra innings. In fact, right now, they were just up an inning ago, 8 to nothing, and now it's 8 to 3 with the bases loaded. So, <laughs> yeah. once yep. again, their bullpen may send them into extra innings, so I may not be able to finish this till 9 or 10 now, but it's better than 1. See, the only thing that kind of sucks a little bit out on the West Coast is the whole football season. You know, like on Sundays, you have to start drinking at 10 a.m. But how is that? I still Which, understand how that's an issue. <laughs> no, see, this isn't an issue, actually, because what's funny about it is, like, still on the East Coast, you start drinking at, at 10 a.m. <laughs> the only problem is that the games don't end until much later, and then you're just a complete shit mess. What was the game last night? Yeah, I don't even remember. I don't know. Like, all I know is I ate like four dozen wings. <laughs> I don't know, but I can't stop shitting. That's awesome. uh, well, nothing like a shit joke this time. The- mm. <laughs> That'll <laughs> shut everybody up. Kai, yep. bring us up to speed on music this week. All right, music this week. It's actually a pretty quiet week, all things considered. Uh, so, per usual, I'm about to head right from here to the local record store, Salzer's Records, where I'm going to pick up my records of the week. Where all of us have worked, except for John, which is That is surprising. very true. I'm looking I for still John. work there. <laughs> the, the night is young. I pretty hey, much man, took I, my job, I think, when I left. I still work there occasionally. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is true. It's, Can a brother get a hookup on a piece? I won't go into any more uh, details. It's amazing that. that you say that, because I might actually be hooking somebody up tomorrow as well. So... Put in your order. <laughs> awesome. Order's in. Which, uh, piece, uh, that's that's how we refer to records. Piece, piece, <laughs> yeah. love, and, you know. A piece of music. Yes. Exactly. Piece of vinyl. So this week, only three things I'm after. Uh, first and foremost, the new Andrew Jackson Jihad record called yeah. Christmas Island. Yeah. It's like, fantastic. It, we're not doing underrated bands this week, but certainly an underrated band that has, they have put out. I mean, this has to be probably their fifth, sixth record. Jillion records. They put out a lot. They they were previously on Asian Man Records. This is their first outing. Now they're with Side One Dummy, putting a little bit more money into it, trying to kind of push them. Mainly just one guy that writes all the jams, but they do have a touring band, and it's just quirky. You see them in people's living rooms. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, clever lyrics, great hooks, very like old school '90s punk vibe. Just fucking great. Yeah, they're and fantastic. I still feel guilty that they played at Bombay here in Ventura not that long ago, and I missed it. Yeah, a lot sold of out did. quickly. Yeah, but uh, great quirky vocal too. Like great and like, lyrics too. Just such. No one else writes lyrics like him. No it's so way. stream of consciousness and fucking weird and just like, like hopefully bitter, and not quirky just to be quirky. Like actually smartly. Quirky. Absolutely, like, yeah. very clever, and not just I'm weird. It's like I'm weird and funny, and this is why. Yeah, it's like it, I mean, it's it's they might be giants ish, yes, very uh, much, but but a little punker, but like old they might be giants, but just just a little edgier, yeah, just no. musically. But anyway, Christmas Island, go get it. I'm sure it's going to be great. Haven't heard it yet, but I'm sure it's great. The artwork looks great. It does. It does. 
the other second record, uh, Atmosphere, longtime fan. Oh, He's really? Got a new record called Southsiders. Great. Out, or Southsider, I'm not sure. Maybe plural. Caught a sneak peek of it last night. How is yeah. it? It's, it's pretty good, dude. Is it? Kanye West, go fuck yourself. That's all I got to say. Nice. Like, there's, there's nothing that, like, any rapper is doing these days that could even compete with like you know Freddie like Gibbs and fucking atmosphere you know like Madlib like it's just it's amazing that some of these artists have managed to stay so true yeah. to their roots and underground and just doing it's, it you it's know? just the lack of hooks sometimes you know like atmosphere he just gets in your fucking face like when you listen to his songs I mean he's pretty aggressive and you're just like he'll call it just like it is whatever he's talking about whether it's like a girl or a business scares you like Immortal Technique kind of deal yeah, you know? abs- not, not let me write a song but about the your mother being raped yeah. right. I'm gonna write it but yeah so I'm sure it's great I mean talk about just an angst and like a wordplay and just guy's been at it for fucking ever class act guy too. Yes. he was on Warp Tour of the Year we did the whole thing and just just an absolute sweetheart. I mean, just every single day, like, hey, man, you got enough beers? You want to come drink? Like, just good dude, legit. Like, he practices absolutely what he preaches. That's awesome. Go check it out. That's, you know, support, that's a lot of underground hip-hop, I think. Absolutely. Support people that are trying to make good art and, and they're good people, regardless of the money. But, you know. I actually saw this, uh, like, set of statistics this guy did um, for, he took, uh, you know, a certain amount of rappers, right? all mainstream and non-mainstream and he and put into a computer or whatever like their first 35,000 words that they have in their whole lot catalog right of recorded music and he was able to show the amount of unique words each rapper used in their content you know what i'm saying yeah, so yeah, yeah. uh like it showed how diverse their lyrical content was and like all these mainstream rappers are on the low end of the of average, unsurprising. And you have all these great artists, someone like Atmosphere, or people that like I personally haven't heard of, and I feel like I'm a little bit tapped into the hip hop stream. That are just have an amazing like amount, and compared it to Moby Dick, and compared it to yeah. uh, Dickens uh, and Melville, and exactly. Like, it's pretty like, amazing to get are, that perspective, and those are. Our authors you're talking about that were that wrote these long, flowery, beautiful sentences. I mean, Dickens' prose. It's why you know his things don't translate well, or they do actually sometimes, but not as well to movies because you're talking about the prose was the most important part. How it's not as much what you said. An outline to Moby Dick is a very short outline, a Cliff's Notes, but. That's a long book. Totally. And it's because these guys got paid by the word. They were mm. they were, you know, they, they got paid by the word to put in these these newspapers and leaflets back in the early days of type press. And so it was important to make your things flowery and hu- flowery and huge. And you know, nowadays you're you need a concise article because it needs to fit in a paragraph on the internet. And that's sort of what's happening with music. Where <laughs> it needs to fit on Twitter. You want to get paid, all you need to do is have a good beat and be like, party, 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 money, money, party, party. Right. And that's a hook and you're done. And people can shake their booties to it in bars and then oh. it's out in a month. But people like Atmosphere and exactly you said ELP, Mad Lib, Sage oh, Francis, yeah. all these people oh, Sage Francis is are, great. are still Hip hop roots, where they're they're basically taking poetry and putting poetry to music, and that's Saul Williams. Yeah, oh god, there's he's so incredible. Many. There's so many. If you 
are listening to this and you're not into hip hop because <laughs> what your knowledge of hip hop is what you hear on the radio, dig into the underground because it's it's the it's like the modern punk movement still. It's totally. just it's righteous and it's well. I mean, you can't forget though. Lil Wayne has the Carter Five coming out. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to probably sound like he's dying again on a microphone. Yeah, I do apologize that Atmosphere does not have gold teeth. I don't. He doesn't, it doesn't sound like he's shitting when he records. <laughs> he does not come come with chalice. Which I think the best the best par not even a parody the best like summation of Lil Wayne is when Richard Cheese. Did yes. a Little Wayne song, and it's the funniest fucking thing ever. I yeah. haven't heard that. Look, look that up. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. Richard Cheese. You should look him up in general. <laughs> I've heard Richard Cheese. He does cabaret Agreed. versions of fame. It's, it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Um, uh, and the third record I'm after this week is a band called The Tune Yards. Yeah. New album called Nicky Knack. Hmm. Which hmm. they, heard I mean, they another band, Underground, getting a little hype with this record. Every record they put out gets a little bigger. But they're a band just absolutely on their own trip. And they're doing, they've got like, you could call them hipsters, but there's soul, there's hip hop, there's like indie rock, there's there's grunge, there's hippie vibe, there's jamminess. How do you spell the name? T U N E hyphen Y A R D S. And there's like a mix of caps. It looks like some like hacker typed it. Sure. But it's fucking. Dan knows what I'm talking about. Like where's uh, yeah, old, old. It, that's so what it looks like. Where's <laughs> I probably nice. sound like an asshole right now. To no, Dan, no. But, <laughs> but anyway, it's a um, movie box. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's honestly, it's it's very unique, very original. Absolutely. I mean, the vocals sometimes sound like Sarah Vaughn. Like there's a crazy jazzy, low register jazziness to the. Oh, it's. It's brilliant, and the new record's excellent. And you can go, if you go to your local indie record store soon, there's a limited pressing on the LP of Red Vinyl. Do yourself a favor, pick it up, give again. These are all artists that are working artists that tour their asses off, that make little money, that are just doing it for the love of it. Like, go buy it. Don't just listen to it on Spotify. That's my job. Yeah, that's Dan's (laughs) job. You know, there was one album that you left out and that's Natalie Merchant's self-titled Natalie Merchant. Is that coming out this week? It's coming out tomorrow. Yeah, and it came out today. today. Actually, it came out today. Yeah, I, I couldn't be less excited. You about know, it. it's, amaz- <laughs> it's amazing because I hear that the Little Affair is making a comeback nice. in like 2030. Does she so. have long hair? Does she have long hair yet? Uh, no, I don't think so. Damn it! <laughs> but I was but it looks like she's shattered. You know, so it's kind of like the Sarah Barry Ellis <laughs> kind of deal. Yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. She's like got some some years on her. Yeah, I think she's trying to give Sarah uh, Shadowly Merchant. What's uh, what? Yeah, Sarah. What's Sarah McCall- Auckland, yeah. I think she's trying to give her a run. So now, like, what she's doing is she's, I think she's uh, backing, like, SeaWorld. Uh, oh, I think geez. she's actually trying to help SeaWorld, like, stay afloat. Is she going to have a sad commercial out now where it's, like, what? her and a bunch of, like, like uh, her and a, a bunch, bunch of killer whales with, like, limp dorsal fins and, just, like, <laughs> and, like, a real sad song. Like, you know, for just, for just a dollar a day, you could help these fins become erect. <laughs> <laughs> dorsal erectile dysfunction is no laughing matter. She's, like, holding kids. D-E-D. Like, do you want your children to miss out on seeing a killer whale? Eat in a person? trainer? Yeah, eat, yeah. Another, eat a human? Huh. It's tender. Yeah, so go pick up the new Natalie Merchant record. <laughs> Not. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm sure the 10,000 Maniacs re- reunion tour is coming out any day. Ugh, I, yeah. Who else is uh, that? Licky, uh, was it Licky Lee? Yeah, Licky Lee has a new Licky one out too. I'm, 
I'm very mystical about her. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm. Every record she puts out, I'm like, this is so great. And then five songs in, I'm like, I don't care anymore. You know who I will say uh, impressed me was Ellie Goulding. Hmm. I don't really, I don't really care for her style of music per se. But at Coachella, she was one of the few artists that actually didn't use a backing track. Mm. So you could, yeah, it was it's I, amazing because yeah. you could tell. I mean, like there yeah, were so many people like a flat or sharp note but in a good way oh yeah you know like you could tell that she had probably been partying pretty hard out there and like you know her voice was a little bit rough and those are the kind of things so like when you see like lana del rey play she's pretty spot on solid like everything you would expect definitely has a backing track um lord didn't even have fucking backup singers but yet there were Mm. five piece (laughs) harmonies going on (laughs) right you know damn it it's, so, not her, it's not her fault. She's her backup too young. singers were, were laptops. Yeah, you know, and she had she had eye backup. It's fine. Like I don't, I don't think singing. she was trying to hide it at all. You know, it was what it was. But I was really impressed by like Ellie Golding because I wasn't expecting to even catch two songs of her set. And as I was driving a golf cart on Production Road behind, I looked up and I saw this chick singing, and I'm like, "Who the hell is this?" And someone said, "Oh, that's Ellie Golding." And I'm like, "Oh, we, you know, a lot of people come into Salzers and they'll buy that." That album, and I'm Big always album. like, oh, you know, and it is, it, you know, it is a very popular album, and people really dig her stuff. And I was just extremely surprised to see that she can hold her weight as an artist, you know, doing that style of music. Yeah, That's, she's the real deal. It's funny you say that because our buddy Phil, who we've talked about many times, plays music with most of us. He, um, Phildo, took, for those Phildo, yeah, Phildo. Look him up uh, at Phildo on Twitter. <laughs> Uh, his, no, his name's Phil Tibbs. I don't think he's on the Twitter, but but you can call him. He's Phil, on Instagram. Though. Yeah, he's bug on him. Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> bug him. Anyway, bug him. Yeah, bug him. Say hi. Anyway, uh, Phil though took his his daughter to Ellie Goulding as she played in Ventura at the theater yeah. in between Warm-up Coachella shows. weeks. Yeah, yeah, between in between. Right. It was, but uh, and Coachella said by the, the same beach. thing. He took Even his daughter because she wanted to see it, and he was super skeptical. Like, oh, I gotta take my daughter to this bullshit. And he was he came away with a lot of really good things to say. Yeah. And if someone sounds good at the Ventura Theater, there <laughs> that's goddamn it. That's sound, the real that's test. Their sound crew isn't like, getting paid enough, a <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that's impossible to it's, do. That, I guarantee you, their their sound guy left with several gray hairs that night. <laughs> 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 this was not meant for this. Hey, it looks beautiful. <laughs> sounds awful. Man, fuck you, chandelier. You know what I did? I did watch a couple, a few of her songs on YouTube. You know, because they stream it all. Uh, the first weekend at Coachella, and I was really late in the night. What's that? I said I do too, but usually on mute late in the night. I've never actually heard her sing. I usually just uh, she's an attractive broad. Well, see, I was watching live. Yeah. So she is. An she danced broad. quite well too. She did, and it, yeah, honestly, everything you said holds up, Shane. She was really, really good. Her performance was excellent. The only gripe I have is the terrible high waisted short she was wearing, which is yeah. A what was that with that? It's fucking awful. I don't Fashion. know. England, stop it. Stop it. You know, at least have a booty that. You know, supports right. those, those kind of high waisted jeans. So it's, no it's one hard. You got unless Are we you're talking like, about like hipster high waist. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah I'm yeah. talking like if Beyonce wore high waisted hips. Like you know what I'm saying? Be like, yeah. Right. Boom! I'd be stoked. Right. But, but even know? then, it would still look kind of odd. I think yeah. it would still look like a mom. Nicki Minaj probably would just burst through them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I went away from it. We'll I'm take back. a quick break. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be back with fresh talk. <laughs> we're gonna be all fantasizing. <laughs> uh, oh, we're back. We're back. We're back. 
You know that. what I'm excited for? It's not coming out for a little while, but new Say Anything. Yeah. I hope it's good. I, hope I haven't it liked too. anything in no the hundred years. No guitars. What? what? It's ben Folds? The whole record. And, it, and, and it's a bunch of fucking guests. It's totally. like him with a bunch of broads he's like, had sex with. Well, it's Chris Connolly. Yeah, it's and him well, too. Matt Pryor. Didn't he yeah. do an album, though, recently with his wife? Was the say, uh, That's this one. His, so this is the one. His wife sings on a bunch of it, but it's all every record he's making doing like a rap record. Every record has a guest singer with him. Okay. Right? Yeah, a feature or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Hebrews. Interesting. Yeah, it's, it's called, called Hebrews. Hebrews. How come I'm not oh, on it? That's a good fuck, question. Max, come on. Send an email. Yeah, where was my invite? Next Passover. <laughs> I know what you're getting. <laughs> Looks like you got passed over. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Jewish joke you wouldn't understand. <laughs> Anyhow, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I, see if it's good I, or not. I wish I would be looking forward to that, but I lost faith in that guy so long ago. Unfortunately, I'll keep the faith for you. Yeah. That's why I, I never really got past their first one. I like the I like the I like the, the second one too. I second one what? if it would have been one disc. He uh, fucking uh, what was that the like, one real boy one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's great. Was the second one was the is that the one with the, the tree? Like, yeah, branch. that record's great. The one after that, I find it's pretty terrible. I yeah. find it would have been great if it was one disc. Would have been the, it would have been just as good, but one. But see, what's good though is because when they fell, I feel like the Wonder Years kind of picked up for them because that was kind of like where some you know those guys I feel like channeled the good points of say anything and the starting line and then hmm. give you they got ran with hard, it. Yeah, little hardcore breakdown in their team. Yeah, newfound glory. I got it's, that like, it's like guttural, you know, yeah. kind of singing, like the Polar Bear Club yeah, kind of yeah. vibe. Mm. Mm. I feel like if that would be like the ultimate tour, like to have the Polar Bear Club and the Wonder Years go out, mm. or maybe like a little major league action or modern baseball. It seems like uh, it, should, it should happen. I feel like kids, modern kids baseball is a very underrated band, and like those guys write good songs, and they're and fun. And a great fucking name. Yeah. yeah. You know, like I've never seriously. even heard them. And they're Philly Good. guys, you know, so like maybe I'm a little partial to the Pennsylvania side <laughs> totally. of them. Totally. It all comes clear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes so, sense. Oh, anyway, moving on. So this week, we're not doing underrated anybody. Uh, just because. We're just because. Because I've got something to say. <laughs> and I force this upon everyone. Hang on. Wait, let's get, get the soapbox. Uh, okay. So I'm climbing up on the soapbox. Uh, we're going to do a new segment called Introducing, which I, where I want to talk about a, a band that's brand new or an artist that is brand new and doing something that I think is worth checking out and is is makes sense and is, is worthwhile. So as a new kid, probably heard the name already. There's no way I'm the first person to bring this to your attention. Michael Jackson. Yeah, his name's Michael Michael or maybe Mikey or Mike Jackson. He um if you haven't heard of him, you will. Yeah, you will. He's going to be pro, big. He's going to be big. He's got a new record out called called Thriller or Thriller. Not sure. Catchy I think cover. It's a soft J. Yeah, it might be Thrill Thriller. 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 I'm not sure, but it's it has all the kids dancing, uh, all of them. Get off all my lawn, goddammit. Anyway, really though, it's a kid named Oh Jesus Christ, a kid named Tony Molina. Yeah, and uh, he's young kid from San Francisco. Been doing music for a long time and just—I just, don't know. Spin calls him a hardcore, hardcore veteran. Yeah, he was in a bunch of hardcore bands in San Francisco, and now all of a sudden he, like every hardcore kid, we all do. We all grow up, and we just decide, you know, we want a little bit of melody in our life. So he has put out what I'm going to call now, even though it's only May, the power pop record of the year. It's, it's ridiculous. It's like imagine Weezer. 
pop, like Weezer Blue Album pop sensibilities and 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 fuzzy fucked up guitar tones and bass mm-hmm. tone, but with with guitar solos and like hippiness like Dinosaur Junior. It's just it's just great, and this and it's like it's like thirteen songs in twenty minutes. I mean, it's do yourself a favor and take twenty minutes to listen to the record. It's yeah, I think brilliant. I think the longest song is a minute and a half, and I mean, you really hit it on the head. This guy can write a, a great pop song. They're catchy as all fuck. He sings well, and the melodies and the guitar lines are incredible. Yeah, and and he gives it all to you in a nice compact little package. Boop, he doesn't. Boop. He doesn't fuck around. He's not like, oh, I'm gonna give you three verses and a bridge. He just yeah, two he bridges, gives you like he two g- solos. He gives you just boom, 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 piece, 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 and I'm out. Here's what you need. Here's what my whole song would be. This is all you need. You don't need another verse or another another chorus because you got it. Good third and fifth harmony solos. Great, so, super good octaves. Perfect. Yeah, his solos, it's like you're listening to this, you're like, oh, it's so Weezer. It's so beautiful. It's so poppy. Like it's like a summer day. And then all of a sudden, like I'm fucking Iron Maiden harmonized guitar solo. Yeah. It's just It's like those moments where you listen to a band and you want them to go somewhere and they don't go there. He goes there. Yeah. Every <laughs> song. You're like, oh. That's exactly yeah, that's where I was the sweet hoping. Spot. And, oh. and behind the guitar solos, he does these badass hardcore breakdowns that goes to his roots, and you're like, I kind of want a hardcore dance, even though this is a pop song. Is that weird? <laughs> He's new record is called Dist and Dismissed. It came out last no March, so a month and a half ago. Check it out. He's on tour with Against Me right now. Tour's I think halfway done, but he he's gonna be touring forever because he's he's about to happen. So keep an eye out, Tony Molina. Tony Molina. How long do you think his set time is? Do you think it's relative to his content? Yeah, I'll bet you. So it's like a fifteen minute. I would bet you it's a it's a half hour set. Go and and see the whole record. Yeah, Yeah, I'll bet you. It probably is. I'm gonna play Devil. He put out a seven inch too. CJ's advocate. I'm gonna play CJ's. He put out a seven inch. It's like six songs on a seven inch. I heard that. (laughs) I heard that seven inch. Yeah, it's pretty badass. (laughs) Why though? Playing devil's advocate here. Why not? Because to me, like I liked it, I really did. I like Tony Molina. I think that all the ideas are great, but it almost kind of sounds like someone showing you, like, "Hey, here's some riffs I came up with and some parts to a song I came up with. L- listen to this." It almost sounds demo-y. and I'm not saying that necessarily in a bad way, but just to be real, it sounds kind of demo-y. Well, it was definitely recorded on the cheap, which is why the recording right. sounds the way it does. But I think why the not the extrapolate songs- the ideas into a. Uh, Structure, because I think that's not what he's about. He's about like, hey man, I've got a song, and instead of giving you three verses where it's the same this melody, I'm going to give you every melody once, maybe twice, but but mostly not twice. And I'm just going to here's my idea, here's my thought, and they're all very short stories. If you listen to the lyrics, it's like here's exactly how I feel about this moment. It's their his songs are like they're moments and songs. Yeah, exactly. Right. They're like little they're ideas, like little tone poems. They really I are. I think it's fucking. It's pretty awesome. Poem is exactly the way to yeah. It's, so there definitely is no reason not to take the time to listen to it. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like Tony Molino, if he would have came out like during the time in Newfound Glory, he would have been the front runner on Drive Through Records. Like he would have been the kid. He would have been the what's the God? What's the guy from uh, Dashboard? Er, early November. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, I can Ace, I can make a mess Ace like Enders. like like nobody's yeah. business. Yeah. That like you know he destroys that and that would have been you know doomsday for all those you know drive through records totally. guys because Tony Molina was everything that they were trying to be yeah, and put if, forward yeah, if Ace Enders grew a huge set of nuts yeah <laughs> big old set of oversized fucking elephantized nuts like they'd uncover like South the, Park the, 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 the hop along yeah yeah hop along nuts 
That's what you got. But come here, Ace. Let me show you something, buddy. <laughs> yeah. you know? ace, ace in your face. Nice. It's great. Yeah, so that's I that's 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 my thoughts. I think it's fucking great. And you're gonna hear okay. about him more. Perfect. So Shane, we have you here. You uh You're not from here. You're not from here. No. Where are you from? I'm from Reading, Pennsylvania originally. Moved to uh moved to New Jersey. Don't know why I did that. Um but I lived there for a while. Lived in like the South Jersey, Camden, uh, Philadelphia area. Which for anyone who's from the East Coast, Camden they know. Represent. Camden yeah. had yeah. had one of my best birthdays of all time in Camden. Yes, indeed, I did. Got to go see the Foo Fighters at Camden. Oh, it was, for it was free. A fantastic fucking birthday at the Tweeter Center on the waterfront. At the Tweeter yes. Center on yes. the waterfront. Yes, it was. It's yes, a beautiful it was. spot. It was fucking fantastic. right by the jail in Camden. Yeah. Oh, but, I thought know. that was just New Jersey. You know what's really funny is I got eating pussy that night. <laughs> it's funny birthday, yeah. birthday wisdom. You go to see these really amazing shows at the waterfront, and what people don't understand is that you know this is a city that's had the highest murder per capita rate in the country for ten straight years. It was Rolling Stone's most desperate city. They did a, a huge article <laughs> oh, in the Rolling Stone about really? it. And think about that with, with like Detroit. DC must have been pissed about yeah, DC that. DC and Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. bodies floating in the waterfront. Yeah, you know, it's it's nothing for, you know, that was part of the show. For the for these things to kind of happen in that city, but it's, you know, there's so many great acts that go through there at the at the Tweeter Center. And that Tweeter Center is beautiful. I was going to say it's such a great place to see a show. It's one of the best. Perfect. And you can see Philly right there and like most yeah. of the artists that come through are like, "Yo, what's up Philadelphia?" You're yeah. in Camden, but all of Philadelphia comes over, right. you know, for the show. And it's, you know, it's not more than 5 miles to go across a bridge and then you're in the heart of Philadelphia, you know, mm -hmm. right near South Street and, you know. I hear it's always sunny there. Is that true? Uh, yeah. yeah, it is always sunny in Philadelphia. Maybe the disposition. Yeah. Yeah, another <laughs> sun comes out. Yeah, it seems like it seems like once a, a year. I experienced that at the time I got the gun pulled on me in Philadelphia. It seemed like a, seemed like a very sunny disposition. Oh, so it happened to you too. You're yeah, not. yeah. No, that was the welcome. That was at the welcome. It's like the visitor center. Like, can I get some maps? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Here's some maps. They popped out of his gun like a one of those trick guns. Because you're not a brother. It's a city of brotherly love, man. Come on. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I, apparently, I'm just not a lover. <laughs> Ooh, there are yeah, there aren't many of those there anymore. Uh, but yes, yeah, so you I'm, came I'm, out here. You came out here uh, on a musical journey, correct? I, I did. I came out with a rock and roll band. We're called New Liberty, and uh, moved out here. And I uh, lived in a motorhome for the better part of a year and a half, you know, floating around Ventura and living at a studio that our now guitar player owned. Remember that? Uh, I remember you uh, doing a lot of drywalling there. Yeah, we we <laughs> did a lot. We did a lot of work to the studio. Uh, we traded some labor for for some time there and met a lot of really awesome musicians. Met you guys through that circle. It's true. Thanks Indeed. to Chris J. You know. A chance meeting one day at uh, in Cape May, New Jersey. A bar in Cape May. A oh, bar wow. in Cape May. Of all places. You know, I remember sitting there and telling our story to Chris in the morning, and uh, he's like, "So let me get this straight. You're a salesman at Coca-Cola. You're going to quit a sixty thousand dollar a year job to move to California with your band in a motorhome, and you're going to try to go up and down the coast and live wherever." You're out of your mind. Please just come to Ventura first and, and record at my buddy's studio and at least get your feet wet for two weeks. You can stay at my place. There was a lot of welcoming. You, know, you could really sense already that his crew of people were going to be good people. And but it was a pretty simpatico thing. I mean, you guys also fit right in. Yes. I mean, I remember the first night I met you guys at Bombay. 
some show was Was that the Kiss? It was the Kiss show. It was the Kiss show. And uh, you guys were out here just just to come out and you were recording or doing pre-production. And I remember meeting you and Dustin right away. And you guys were like, hey, man, let's go. Let's go do a shot. I was like, well, oh, all right. Yeah. All right. (laughs) And that was it. That was like fucking a like here's here's some dudes. It was it was pretty great. Yeah. Dudes meeting other dudes. Yeah. You know, I think in in your first year here on there. You made more friends in the city than I made in my entire life here. You still know people that I don't know, and I've been here since I was 10. That's true. You know, I think it was a lot easier for us out here to meet people and to really get involved. Um, One, because we went out partying a lot. Uh, But at the same time, it's really difficult out on the East Coast because, you know, people are really hesitant to go out and see live original music because there's so many cover bands and on the east coast the amount of cover bands versus original bands is just you know it's five to one it's insane because wow. you make money yeah. playing yeah. cover songs so a lot of the guys that are original musicians gave up you know these are guys that were touring you know with with independent bands that were assigned to labels and they just quit said well the hell with it i'm not making any money in the independent circuit and playing warp tours like i might as well just play cover songs and make a hundred grand a year and these guys were doing it, and you know? I have to put my heart and soul into it and just get it shit on and stomped on. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like that's kind of the point we were at. You know, we sat down with like Def Jam and Island, and they were really cool to us. And they said, "Hey, if you guys want to play songs like The Killers and Fall Out Boy, well, awesome." More or less insinuating that they had a spot on their roster if we wanted to change our sound. Sound like other Change. island bands, you know. Yes. And we thought they were kind of kidding at first. We laughed, you know, at Lenny S and his people, and he wasn't laughing. So we then realized that if we wanted to keep our integrity as people and dudes, you know, come this far, might as well just pack up, go to California, and at least do it for ourselves. And through that, you know, that journey, we met a huge group of musicians that were like a family, you know, community of people that really stood behind one another and stood for something, you know? Including your lead guitar player who was like this odd, your original guitar player who was fucking badass and he was awesome good, yeah. and shredder. But like, Armand was this piece of this puzzle that was just almost complete, but there was one sl- just kind of slightly blurry edge and he came in and just brought it into focus. Oh I mean, God. it was unbelievable. He pushed me to limits that I, he pushed me through limits that I just never even thought about, you know? I mean, I'm definitely a pop rock guy at heart. You know, I grew up listening to a lot of like pop punk bands and punk bands in general. I mean, classic rock and metal was always there. Mm-hmm. You know, I, like one of the first bands I remember hearing when I was a child was Black Sabbath, you know? And then from Black Sabbath, I moved on to like, you know, bands like Guns N' Roses and The Crew and like Metallica. And oh, especially Halen. Yeah. You know, my dad was a huge Halen, you know, Halen fan, so I listened to that all the time. And I remember hearing Pantera when I was nine and it scared the shit out of me <laughs> in a good way, you know, and I was like, wow, this is really aggressive and this is amazing. That guitar tone just, I mean, dude, same thing, man. As a kid, that Pantera guitar tone fucked me up. I mean, just <laughs> the. The, the palm muting, oh. just heavy tone of that was just, it was unlike anything else was happening in metal. Cowboys from Hell was probably like on like the, the records of all time on my list. Cowboys from Hell might be at number like three. And that's oh. only because I feel like it made such a 
like a mark in the metal universe yeah. that now every new metal band and all these guys that have come out like basically from 2000 and on have borrowed every single one of the riffs from that album in some way. It was a guitar player that could not only shred solos and in a, in a very unique manner, but the he could riff it when he needed to riff it and, yeah. and, and get heavy and slow and Sabbathy and bluesy. He could play every cover song. Ever. 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 And like, a it singer who, it was. who could do the same thing where he had a ridiculous range. He, he was the only one of the only metal singers at that time to come out and be like, that wasn't a hair metal guy. Even it though was he, like, was he was in the cover. He was. He the was. cover band that they had, yeah. he was hair metal. But <laughs> like when, like Pantera, Pan, like Cowboys from Hell on, forget about the previous yeah. demo and the previous band <laughs> was like all right we're a fucking metal band but i'm still gonna sing and i'm gonna hit high notes but not in a maidenly dramatic way it still and still be a tough about it still be, oh yeah still be goddamn electric about i mean it. that song like shreds it's like fucked, shreds man. cemetery gates i mean think about think about that a band like that that can do not not since sabbath had there been a metal band that could do ballads that heavy because not even metallica's ballads other than maybe like the thing that should not be that's cool i mean that's a heavy fucking yeah. ballad but it, there's no clean guitar in that either you know it's it's just a heavy droning ballad it's just pantera had that man that, that dynamic it's oh yeah yeah so i mean like like you said dude coming out here was a it was an eye-opener because it Coming into an area where like a lot of the bands that I grew up listening to were, you know, even like like meeting, I remember meeting the guys from No Motive for the first time, being like, "Hey, you're the guys that I always <laughs> saw opening up for like this band and like Alkaline Trio when I was 16 and like a lot of these bands, you know, like even seeing um, Armand's band from Satellite open up for Hoobastank, you know, yeah. I remember yeah. seeing. Seeing them play at the Crowbar in Penn State and just... That's fucked to think that that dude like ended up in your band, you know? Like, yeah, totally. How weird are fates? Even like you guys with, uh, what was it, Hey Julie, uh, Hey Juliet? Or, yeah. Juliet. Juliet. You know, I remember, I remember seeing like the video. I remember seeing that, like, because I was one of those guys Thanks, that Comcast. like searched, yeah. I searched, I searched <laughs> bands all the fucking time. I wanted to know who was who. Who was on the APs to watch? You know, like I, I read AP Magazine. You know, I wanted to be in AP Magazine. I remember when they offered us our first spread. Like, hey, do you guys want to promote your album in the magazine? And as a young artist, you realize how that kind of stuff works, and you go, wow. You know, the importance of a label starts to disappear when you realize what you can really do by yourself. Which is most everything nowadays. Networks, yeah, I mean, and and a lot of it is just networking and meeting the guys that yeah. are doing it and that have honest passion for it. And it's funny because I'm sitting in a room with the guys that have done it, you know, and that are still doing it. And that's what's inspiring, and that's why I'm still here. And even though I lived and grew up on the East Coast, I feel like home is where you're at always, you know, and no matter how far you travel from place to place or wherever you stop and put your beer down, that's going to be home. You know, if it's for a night, if it's for a few hours, if it's for months or years, whenever, you know, you find those communities of people and they accept you or they reject you. And this one accepted us and I'm still here and I'm stoked and hopefully I'll keep making music and 
writing tunes. I mean, but it feels like you've been here always. That's the weird fucking yeah, thing. Yeah, you, like, you fit I, like, right in. I when I see you. And like we we don't see each other we see each other fairly often but not like it's like on a monthly thing it's not yeah. every day but every time I do it's like oh man there's my homie that wait I have not known him since I was like twelve like like most everybody else it's it's just it's crazy there was a weird you were meant to be here and it, that's a great thing and your band came out fuck your band did shit shit loads we toured a lot. The yeah, independent tours lot. out here got some placements, real. which is funny because Chris J ultimately was one of those guys that said, "Look, the first thing you guys need to do is try to get some placements because if you're going to tour it'll independently, yep. it'll help keep you afloat." And it's the truth because you forget that once you own that car that says "I create music" or whatever it is, you know, from BMI, or from ASCAP, or whoever it is, when you get that card and you realize that you belong to something bigger than you. It really clicks in. You're like, wow, I'm doing this, and I'm doing it for the right reasons because I love it. And if this is the way and the process, then I have to continue with the process. Yeah. And you know, here we are still. I mean, you know, our drummer right now is on tour with you know our other buddies in a in a rock and roll band, classic band, metal band called Night Demon, and Night they're Demon. and they're doing well overseas right now. They're you know they're playing they're doing real festivals, playing in front of real fucking kids that care. It's beautiful yeah it's uh and you you are so so uh, coming up to speed now you are also working on a solo record yeah it's kind of weird because it's going full circle when i first met dustin i had been approached by uh by sony um well sunset records this gentleman don lichterman was uh given a, a, a basically what you would call like a catalog label <laughs> And he was able to sign a few acts, so he offered me a deal. And it was a really terrible entry-level deal, you know. But uh, at the time, I had Macy Gray's entertainment attorney look over it for me. You're about to get CCR'd. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, and it was a... Shane Fogarty. It was, yeah, it was a valuable lesson because at an early age, he taught me that you'll spend a lot of money to have an entertainment attorney tell you not to sign a contract because yep. if... You do, you're going to be miserable in five or ten years. And there's never a good entertainment contract. It's just like, it's like, I know I'm going to get fucked in the asshole. It's just like, I just want to get fucked How in the badly. asshole with the least vigor. With possible. the most lube. Yeah. 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 You like, know? like, I just wanted him to spit on it first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I feel like that was it. You know, like I had a band, and again, our band like broke up, and we were doing well, you know, like. I remember uh, we played with this band called Boys Night Out, and they were doing well. They were on Ferret. Boys Night Out. I love yeah. that band. Fucking, yeah, Canada, I'm, dude. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. I got dude. Boys Night Out tattooed on my arm right next to Bayside. What That's happened awesome. to them? Um, They went folk country and then disappeared they tried and yeah that's yeah. it no. yeah, yeah. Well, dude but that fucking train wreck record is so is pretty unsoppable man that it's so good I completely like underrated it's a concept record too i don't like the first record but i love that oh is that uh wait uh train wreck the first one the make one. yourself yeah make yourself it's like, I, I, get awesome punched, I got punched in the nose for sticking my face in other people's business it's kind of like fallout boy songs yeah, right, but right. they're way crazier that band i saw that band on fucking warp tour again when we were in canada they played ernie ball this like they played the same stage we were playing on warp tour and it shit was crazy man that singer was hanging off the ernie oh ball connor was like, nuts fucking lives up it was it was one of the most impressive <laughs> live shows i'd seen in a long he long inspired time. the shit out of me when i was 18 years old i was in a band called uh when everything's silent 
And it's funny, my sound engineer, who also traveled out here, Waldo. His name is Waldo. Waldo. Where is he? He's awesome. Waldo and Armand are actually on tour with the legendary Dick Dale right now. Playing Where's Waldo? <laughs> pretty, pretty much. <laughs> Matt yeah. found nah. it yet. Um, but it's funny, you know, like the, I remember that night we were playing this place called Soundwaves in Reading, and Boys and I came out, and it was a great show, you know. Thousand kids, you know, in Reading, which at that time there's no fucking scene in this area at all so the fact that they brought this many people was amazing and you know here i am super stoked opening up for this band that i'm a huge fan of and my band is fucking stuck in traffic coming from jersey you know now mind you it's an hour and 40 minutes to come from uh no it's actually 76 there's one road in and one road out of philly Uh. so it's just Terrible traffic. They're late because obviously they were bringing girls with them because they're stupid. Which is why they were late. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, so they're, Do these shoes it, work with these pants? Just get in the fucking van. <laughs> but why also girl- why they were in a band <laughs> yeah. was for the girls. Yeah, kind of. I mean, it's certainly a perk. <laughs> so they're on their way, and I remember I the bass player from Boys Night Out comes up. He's like, don't worry, bro. It's really cool. Like You could be in my boat. I'm fucking homeless touring i got no place to go when i go back home and i thought he was kidding you know because like i'm fucking 18 kind of green to the whole touring world right. don't really know you know and he's fucking dead serious now connor is holding a bottle of fucking jaeger freezing cold jaeger and he's like here dude just drink this and i was like well i'm underage and he's like shut the fuck up and just drink this so i was like all right you know and i'm pounding jaeger backstage oh. with this guy you know like out back and i'm fucking freaking out because the promoter already told me, you are 10 minutes late from the time that you're supposed to start. You have until this amount of time. If your band's not here, you're not fucking playing. Uh, well, what was really cool was there uh, was this other band called The Red Tape. They were on Roadrunner, and they were playing. So the Red Tape guys were like, hey, don't worry, dudes. What we'll do is you can use our fucking back line. Which I thought was cool because yeah, that's pretty that's cool. Legit as fuck. Yeah. Now normally, like the main acts don't do that kind of shit for bands. No, never. You know? never. Never. Not for a local opener. Yeah. So don't worry. If your band's not here in enough time, set their gear up. Tell them they can fucking plug into ours, right? Now, my band shows up with like maybe 18 minutes left in our set. Everyone's panicked. Everyone's fucking pissed off. Whatever. Our guitar player comes up, and at the time, my buddy kind of sounded like one of those creatures from the Lord of the Rings. What do they call you know the ones that are like shriek like really loud? You know, like the ring wraiths. Yeah. Okay. So he had that kind of scream. You know, like gnarly, like post hardcore scream like that. And I remember, like you know, he's real heavily influenced by like metal, like Pantera metal. So he needs to have his 5150 and needs to have his distortion. Oh. He's playing through a Fender Deluxe, re- <laughs> Fender Deluxe Reverb. Hey, man, does this go up any louder? I'm still not breaking up enough. No distortion. <laughs> like, n- totally clean tone. And he was fucking squealing. Playing through the best name he's ever played through in his life. Playing right. on his Gibson, you know, his fucking Flying V Gibson. Uh... And, and I remember the guys from Boys Night Out after we got done our fucking three songs of just debacle because everyone was a mess, you know? Right. And I remember the guys from Boys Night Out coming up to us and being like, dudes, that's the way it's done. You know, showing up a fucking mess, knowing that your, your set's fucked and you just have to go on and play. But seriously, your guitar player, that guy, I've never heard anything come out of his like any, anyone's <laughs> mouth like that ever before. <laughs> You should just 
divert from whatever you're doing right now and start a metal band where that just focuses on that. <laughs> and he was so pissed. He walked out back and the bottle of Jaeger disappeared. <laughs> Their bottle, oh, their bottle of Jaeger that's, disappeared. That's, right. such, that's so dangerous. Such bad form. It was very dangerous. Yeah, bad form, you know, <laughs> for like for like road touring. But the guys didn't care, and it was really cool. The promoter yelled at us a lot, and it was nice to like kind of get that acceptance from two you know seasoned touring bands to tell you, look, man, this isn't your last time you're ever going to have a show like this. Right. And use this as a learning vessel. Ditch the. <clears throat> ditch the girls <laughs> uh, excuse me and uh and just make sure that your core is perfect and from that point on that was like that was basically the breaking point you know our band split a few weeks after that because uh, other dudes couldn't get along and i remember like that's it man i'm just gonna go out on my own and sure enough about a year and a half later Dustin came into my life and made me realize that, wow, real solid musicians do exist and they're out there and they're looking for people. And yep. somehow we stayed together long enough to get out here and then it just went boom, you know? Yeah. It all made sense. And now you're back again making music for you again with just just you. Crazy. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be a different venture. It's definitely outside of the rock and roll circuit a little bit. It's still rock and roll. Just not as um, 80s hair metal, classic rock influence. And it's more to my, my core roots of, uh, of good just pop rock songs, you know, singer-songwriter with good melodies, good hooks, uh, harmonies, great musicians obviously playing on it. You know, I've, I've asked a few guys to do it. Kai, you're actually one of the guys that I, I asked, you know. I am. I am. Uh, I am. And hopefully, you know, hopefully the song... I'm going to prom. We're going to prom together. <laughs> Sadie Hawkins. Um, but yeah, you know, like there's not really a whole lot to say. They're just going to be um, songs about the last few years of doing this. You know, I'm a very true true and blue songwriter when it comes to lyrics. You and write about what you do. Yeah, sometimes I feel as though it almost pushes a lot of like people to an edge, you know, especially people like in my room. But it should. Well, yeah, you know, like I feel like if it's not making you feel some way, if you're not uncomfortable or accepting, then it's not doing something. It's not moving you, and music's supposed to move you. Uh, and it's it's almost kind of intriguing to see the way that a scene that you've been a part of will react because people take things personally and will say, "Is that about me?" Yeah, is but, that about so and so? That's how you know you're doing a good job. Yeah. If you don't piss anybody off, you're not doing it. Exactly. You're not doing it right. If you don't have five haters for every one person that likes you. Well, if you have five haters, then exactly. You you then you have twenty five people that love you. When push comes to shove, haters gonna hate. Yeah, always. You know? it's true. Taters gonna take. Baiters gonna bait. <laughs> oh. True words. <laughs> Anyway, you want to you want to play us a song off this uh, off this forthcoming record? I do. I want I want I want you to play a song for us. But real quick, can you tell us a little what's what's Merch Relief? Oh, okay. Um, yeah. It's funny. Uh, Merch Relief is actually something that um, Waldo, our sound engineer, came to me with. He came to me with an idea one morning, and he said, "Hey, did you hear about this tsunami that hit the Philippines?" And I said, "Where the hell where the hell have you been <laughs> yeah, for the dude. last week? You know, like have I heard about it?" <laughs> I'm glued to the television. Yeah, you know, I told him. I said, "Well, you know, it's funny. I'm actually watching. Um, I'm watching things on online about it right now." He said, "Well, we got to do something, you know, to help." And I said, "That's a great idea. Like, 
what do you think? You want to put on like a benefit show? Do you want to try to like start something? And he said, yeah, we should start Merch Relief. Thinking, you know, having bands come together and maybe either donate their merch um, or maybe try to sell their merch and take the money and give it to the Red Cross. Excuse me, which I feel, you know, uh, the Red Cross is, they're, they're a great organization. However, they're a little bit intimidated by anyone else who wants to start an organization that might be competition to theirs. And I feel as though a lot of the backlash we got... Right the Red Cross. Yeah, well, we got a lot of backlash from the Red Cross because we That's approached... so fucked. We have, well, we approached them asking them if we brought them a lot of merch, you know, from bands, because we thought it'd be a great way for bands to promote themselves. Totally. You know, and at the same time, you're giving people who just lost everything. That's, you know, maybe band shirts that they got from a band that toured through that area that they loved, you know, and they lost everything they had, all their music. This is a way for them to find new artists, new music, something to pull them out of what just happened, you know, which is what music does for everyone. Right. Or even give them back something they had that they lost, right? Yeah. Precisely, you know, so we, we contact... Like clothing to wear. <laughs> yeah, you know, something, you know, rather yeah, yeah, than just like a, yeah. like a, a T-shirt that says... Texas, everything's bigger in Texas, you know? Yeah. Or, or is like a, a sports team that was in the championships that lost. That, you know, like, like fucking LA Dodgers world champions last year. Like, you know, something that never <laughs> right. happened. Every That's LA Lakers three-peat shirt. Yeah. But it's just like always, you know, the team that loses. You know, and it's funny because the Red Cross basically said to us, well, why are you trying to do this? This is what we're here for. <laughs> well, yeah, but... This is slightly different, and, you know, there's a large artist community out there, and I feel like if we all join together, we could really make a valuable impact on, you know, on, like, people that are suffering from disasters, you know? Like, we could really make a difference. And I felt like at that time, the people involved with Red Cross just didn't really want to hear us out. They felt as that we were just going to drop off thousands of pounds of T-shirts at their doorstep, and then they would have to pay the... They would have to pay the shipping costs. Uh. Where we were going, no, can you please help us find the avenue to ship these things? And then we'll worry about finding the people to help fund the organization so that we can ship them on our own. Right. We just want to know how to get them and where to get them. And it was just closed door after closed door after closed door. And we had our first event, which, you know, biting our tongues, we made a decent amount of money from it, which we had some really, really good local artists play that event. You know, everyone from, uh, you know, Owen Busey from The Freshman and from Calamity. Mm-hmm. You know, he played... And a, from Slayer. And from Slayer. <laughs> uh, he that. came out and played, and, you know, Aaron Orbit played, uh, New Liberty played, Kyle Hunt King Gypsy played. You know, there were a few people that played that night, and... I feel as though we didn't really get a lot of um, donation from the place where we held the event, mm-hmm. you know, where they kind of took the cheaper end of the way out to donate because we were accepting donations around, you know, the crowd throughout the night. And we did all right, but we took all that money to the Red Cross, even though we didn't want to. We felt that that was the easiest way for us to show that as a nonprofit organization, we were trying to make an impact. You know, there's a lot of things that go in to creating these kind of things. And unfortunately, it's actually harder 
to be a nonprofit and it costs yeah. more than to just be a charity. Right. You know, you know, the government almost kind of helps you become a charity because they know they're going to make more money from that. Right. Whereas if you're a nonprofit, you have to pay more in fees up front. And we didn't know a whole lot about it at first, and we're still learning. You know, so it's a little slow going, but I feel over time, the more people we can get kind of behind it, the the better well known it'll become, mm -hmm. and then maybe we might stand the chance of awakening an artist who might have a little bit more pool and be able to call in some favors and help out a little bit more. So that's fucking. I great, think it's man. a fantastic idea. That's yeah, a wonderful absolutely. Idea. Great. And I mean, that shows the type of people. I mean, sort of. You said it was sort of Waddle's idea at first, but like that just shows the type of people that you guys are. You're caring. You're loving. You saw this thing happen in the Philippines on the other side of the world, and you said we have to do something. And you started this organization. If people want to help, how can they find out more about it? Where can they go? Uh, well, you can definitely go online. We have a Facebook page. Uh, we do not have a MerchRelief.com yet. Uh, we were getting ready to start one, but we felt as though we might want to shift our focus and maybe start it as MerchRelief.tv and kind of try to start like a television network that almost puts out a little bit more information on the different types of disasters that are happening around the world and where aid really needs to go. So that way, you know, once we kind of develop that a little bit more, there will actually be spots where you can send materials. But if you'd like to help, uh, you can send any and all T-shirts that you have to uh, P.O. Box 2974, uh, Ventura, California, and the uh, zip code is 93002. And that's basically our P.O. Box where we're going to accept different things for Merch Relief at the time. Can, I have a disaster, a relief disaster that needs uh, help, which is the Dodgers relief pitching. <laughs> <laughs> Why, what's the score right now? Oh, they actually won the game. But okay. just in general, their relief pitching needs help. Can we help them somehow? So if you have can, a relief pitcher. <laughs> if you have someone that can pitch. Doc Gooding? Uh, I, I, Do you accept bobbleheads? Mm. <laughs> uh, Only of Kershaw. I, oh, but he started tonight and he killed it. That's how it always happens. Naturally, I know. They take the starter out uh, to save his arm. To save his arm? Come on, man. You got like five more days until And like roll. homie hasn't pitched in like a month. You know? yeah, homie you hasn't know, pitched all season. Side subject, though, Shane is a little bit of a ball player. That's all. Is then that true? The, yes, there's truth to that. <laughs> and what position would that be? Uh, style? I would I would say that you would call me at the uh, at Reverse the point. Cowbell. You know, you'd say like a utility infielder. I I definitely mm -hmm. played uh, I played all infield positions mainly, but uh, shortstop and third base were like my two that. Uh, that were my strongest strong points. Especially, Dang, there's a lot of movement in those two positions, man. There's a lot of feel. Some Third base, matters. you yeah, have to totally. not be afraid of baseballs. You know that is it. I either of those knocking your teeth out. You know, I learned at an early age. I had a, a lot of diving. I had a coach that taught me to take every ball off the chest. You know, for like basically half a season, he wouldn't allow I me. I taught to my first girlfriend the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go with a happy Gilmore joke, but you I just thought you were going to say something uh, about your coach is the same thing, but he's in prison now. Just take it off the chin. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was, uh, he was a cool dude. Um, you know, I remember he would take us into the gym, the gymnasium, the basketball court, you know. And you're talking like laminated hardwood floors. Yeah. And he would rocket baseballs with an aluminum bat at us, oh, and he would call it the cup check, you know? And a lot of guys didn't want to get in front of it because they weren't wearing cups because they all fucking lied. Now, I was intelligent because I like my manhood. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, most ball players, 
still wear cups because uh, why, would why, the fuck why wouldn't not? you? Right, totally. precisely because they work and they're effective, but it still fucking hurts, you yeah. know, to get hit there. But I remember how many times he would hit the ball to me and I would catch it, you know, and he'd be like, what the fuck? You're actually wearing a cup, you know? <laughs> and all these other dudes would dodge the shit out of this. And I feel like that kind of helped me realize that maybe I had a little bit more guts than a lot of the guys that were playing that position. And it helped the older I got, you know? So when I turned 12, uh, I went to Cowherkin Baseball School for a few years, which so I, Chris J. which ironically, Chris J met his wife. <laughs> yep. Cause she was playing, uh, basketball. basketball. Yeah. At Mount St. Mary's college. She was whooping on him at something. I bet. I, <laughs> I don't probably beat him up. Yeah. You know, we used to get in trouble when we went to that school because we, side she note, took him out like a caveman. Funny. Uh, Cowrican junior was actually a huge basketball player, you know, in, in high school and in college, he wanted to be a basketball player. Really? Yeah, he had hopes and aspirations. I learned all this because I twisted my ankle the very first day of practice at Cowherkin like, School. He's like, I haven't missed 300 games, you fucking pussy. I sat, <laughs> I sat on the bench with Cowherkin Sr. And his, and his wife, you know, Cowherkin Jr.'s mother. And I listened to stories all day long. She was a fine piece of ass. <clears throat> uh, no comment. <laughs> she's a... She's, she was a lovely she's lady. A Betty. She's a lovely lady. She's a Betty, she's you know, a lovely lady. <laughs> a little Betty. Uh, great, but she told me so many great stories, and it was really inspiring to just hear how much of an impact their father had in the life that they led, you know, and just how much of a baseball man he was. And there was reasons why this man, at sixty-eight years old, was sliding into bases full blast, you know. I did hit a triple off of Carrickin Senior. That's pretty, uh, that's pretty I was, nice. I was 14 in front of my parents. It was like one of the greatest days, you know. Hit did it you ever the... meet Billy Ripken? Did you call him a fuckface? I did meet <laughs> Billy Ripken. I didn't call him a fuckface. Uh, but I on his bat. Hindsight, hindsight. <laughs> you know, it's, it's... he must check his bat every time. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's really sad uh, that whole debacle that he got himself into well if he was a better player that wouldn't have been his legacy so that's really the tragedy <laughs> yeah you know it. i think what i learned at an early age uh was just that baseball is extremely competitive and it's no different than any other athletic sport or any other you know maybe business in general anything if you or have dream. an agent you'll go very far and if your parents are loaded and they have a lot of money you're going to go extremely far uh, if you're just a kid who's got extremely natural talent, you should probably quit and put your focus into something better. Yeah, but, look at Tony Gwynn Jr. He's still starting, and he's a horrible baseball oh, player. Oh, he's terrible. You know, and it just goes to show you that there's a lot of politics in everything, but in baseball, numbers don't lie. And for people that have the right agent or the people behind them, you don't have to be the fastest. Whereas for me, when I was trying out for teams and pro teams, my times, you know, like running a 60-yard dash, most major league teams now will make you run a 40-yard. You know, when I was 18, 17, 19, that age group, uh, they would make you run a 40 and a 60, you know, because they wanted to... They make you run a 90-foot. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and like sometimes they do make you run to first base. That's only if you make it past certain points, you know. Mm. Like for infielders, you would have to throw from third base to first, and whoever had the strongest arm would normally move on from that position. And then if you could run faster than the next two guys that were up for your position, you would stay. And if you wouldn't, you'd be on your way, you know? Right. 
And it was cool. It was a lot of learning and you learned a lot of things. All I learned was that I went to these schools and I would learn from Carrick and Senior and from pro scouts for the Yankees and for the Dodgers and for the Red Sox. You know, all of these guys know each other. They work in the same circles. They hang out, have beers, they chat. And I would come back every year from this and go back and my high school coach would say, it's either my way or you don't play. And you're looking at a man that in his heyday played at best in high school ball, and he's telling you that you're doing it wrong when a pro ball player and other pro ball players are telling you this is the way you need to do it to make it to the next level. And the only way to play is to play the way that the people in front of you want you to play. Now, does any of that transfer over into music? I mean, I'm just hearing some parallels here. That's every facet of life, if you ask me. Yes. if you're playing somebody else's game, you're playing somebody else's game regardless totally. of what it what it is you're doing. If you're not the boss, you're not the, you're boss. Not the boss. And that's exactly right. it. If you're not the boss, you're not Bruce Springsteen. It's true. <laughs> yeah, and who's not, not the best guitar player in the world, but right. Nope. But Man, he's, he's the fucking boss. He's the fucking boss. Yeah. He's one in 7 billion. Mm. <laughs> Pretty amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah you're talking you know, about the E Street Band? It was good. <laughs> yes. That's cool, man. That's it's great. good times. It was definitely a lot of, you know, I realized that at a point um, that truthfully, I was hurting myself with baseball because there were moments where I would get so down on myself for having a bad game. Music never did that to me. Music was my outlet. That's where I released, you know, like well, it helped nice, me. The thing about music, like most artists, whatever you want it to be, it is. Like, I want to make this music. Well, fuck it. Then you just go do it. It's not this coach in front of you saying, no, you play this way or you don't play. You're like, That's fuck true. you. I'm playing the solo this That's way. Different. I'm writing these melodies because they're mine. That's the difference between art and sports. The well, artist very much so. comes true. from you and sports comes from everybody else. Like, you're never in an artistic position where someone's like, you're, you know, it, not since the days of the salon and like, old ass Europe where people like you're doing it wrong and still the greatest <laughs> artists that we remember were the people that were like fuck you Salon like totally. how many Salon artists do you remember fucking none of them you remember Rembrandt you remember Monet you remember Monk all yep. the ones that were like hey Salon uh, go, go fuck, fuck yourself yourself. You, uh, your painters are boring as shit because everyone's doing the same thing exact same thing that's but you know cool different awesome. strokes Anyway, you want to play a song, Shane? Yeah, I'd love to play a song. What are you? Explain the song for us. Tell us the. Tell us. Tell us about it. Um, Well, it's you know it's really just about overcoming things. Uh, The song that I want to play is called "Life Goes On," and it's just it's about life. You know, it really is. It's what's that? It's a Beatles song. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, indeed. It's It's about a gentleman named Corky and his struggles. (laughs) Might might be a remake kind of of this. I just feel like at any moment in your life, you have obstacles you have to overcome. Sometimes, you know, it could be a death of a really close friend or a family member. You know, it could be the death of, you know, a business or, you know, a career or a band or a friendship. Whatever it might be, there's always light coming out of it. You know, there's always a way. And I feel like there's a lot of people that wait for their time to come. And then there's a lot of people that just take that time to make it happen. And that's kind of what this song is about. It's about those people like myself, you know, included, like my friends, my family, everyone that has some kind of obstacle in front of them to overcome. I feel like 2014 
is the shift. You know, everyone thought like, oh, after 2012, like 2013 was a year. And there were a lot of people that had great years. And I feel like it's what you make out of it. But for some reason in 2014, like it's like a shift. Like I feel like the ideals of people are just changing. And now all of a sudden everyone's kind of getting on that curve to like, let's overcome. Let's really push forward and change things. You know, life does go on. We can do this together. Let's push forward. Change, you know? Absolutely. All Love right. That. All right. Play cool. the song. Let's hear it. Here we go. Cool.
coming home again It's wrong Waiting on my time to come The end will be sweet You can dress me up real neat And show me off to every Holy shit, man. Awesome. That was yeah. fucking excellent. Thanks, guys. Thanks, nice man. Work, Shane. Love it. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, yeah, so thanks. so when do we expect thanks. the record? <clears throat> well, what's the, is there, what's the loose timeline of this? I don't want to set any expectations, but yeah. I definitely want to set it for a summer release. You know, right. I think. So when, you, when it's done, will you come back and will you, will you share it with us? Of course I'll share it with you. Awesome. I, I would love to be here and share it with everyone, you know. Uh I will be playing uh, a set at uh, the Scheidek Festival in June. It's the nice. last weekend in June. Uh, there's going to be a lot of great local Ventura bands. Yes, if you there. are in the Southern California area, this is a, a festival you should probably check out. Scheidek, last week of June, last weekend of June. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. It's like nothing else. It's an independent festival yes. run by artists. Mm-hmm. Run by artists, for artists, for people. Last year, a lot of positivity. Our, I think the attendance last year was like six hundred. Was the uh, which is the, pretty awesome. Think about that. For, yeah. yeah, it was sold out. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't get a ticket. This year is the final year uh, that we'll be doing it at the uh, at the bar and grill grounds. So like at the actual restaurant grounds, which yeah. is, happens in their back, you know, their backyard area, which is pretty large. It's got a nice built stage, but. The more people that attend this festival, you know, the sooner we'll be able to move it to the location, which is about a mile down the dirt road that goes to the valley, which is, which amazing. is, which is all private property. Like and further into the wilderness. Further into the land. And that's where we have the huge stage built, uh, which overlooks a large valley where everyone will camp. And um, it has every possibility of being a great festival. It already is a great yeah. festival, but it will be very much so larger, and maybe we can get a national act to come out and tour. Even though, like most of the acts that are playing are nationally touring acts, it might be someone that uh, that you've heard on the radio quite frequently. Look it up, uh, Shydeck S H E I D E C K. It's S C H E I D E C K. I know it, 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 it. Just I'm sorry. One more time. No, I. S C H E I D E C K, Shydeck Festival happens at uh, Ray's Creek Bar and Grill. Mm-hmm. And, and if um, someone wants to support your upcoming project, yeah, via where, where can people find you? 
Yeah, Kickstarter you, pledge. They'll look up the uh, heavy medicine on pledgemusic.com. Yeah, you know, I think we're going to do a pledge program. I think uh, we're going to do a little pledge uh, campaign. And mainly the whole reason behind that is to help support the artists and musicians that I'm inviting to play on the record. Because these are extremely talented touring musicians and they deserve to get paid, you know, for their efforts. And, you know, many times all of us play for nothing you know we'll play for free beers or free food or maybe a floor to crash on and this is one of those records where even though the men that are playing on it and have offered to play have said don't worry about paying us we just want to play because we love it i'd like to be able to pay them a fair amount for their efforts even you know john offering up your studio you know, it's amazing when you reach a point where you can look at men who are extremely talented and say, don't worry about it. You can do this and we believe in what you're doing and we want to be a part of it. I'm speechless that I even have friends like that. But I want to be able to pay my friends, you know, above all. And that's really what this pledge campaign is for, is to support local musicians that put their heart and soul into everything they do and that's why you know if you can help in any way obviously you're going to get cool stuff like merch and cds out of it and maybe uh, a basement show at your house or a pool party or if you want me to cook or do your yard work or we'll help you, you with your homework Make you delicious barbecue skewers. Oh, you do Why the barbecue not? skewers, huh? I do. That's my thing. We can bring you beers if you're underage. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding. Wink, but not really. Um, yeah, but so. We can. <laughs> Batting lessons. Batting lessons. I can teach you what a five hole is and how to never have a ground ball ever go through it. I can Boom. also teach you what a five hole is. <laughs> <laughs> Valued uh, at about the same price on both those <laughs> lessons. <laughs> thanks for coming by, man. Hey, man. Thanks a lot, Dan. Fuck thanks, yeah. Kai. Thanks, Hell John. Yeah. You know, thank you, CJ. Where, uh, going on wherever you are in Mexico. Mexico, um, hopefully not kidnapped at this point. Enjoy that chicken. I'm really glad that I was able to come here and hang out with you guys. And, uh, you know, just to recap, make sure you check out Tony Molina's record because it is really solid. Mm-hmm. Where can we find you on the internet, Shane? Uh, you can find me at newliberty.tv. You know, I encourage everyone to check out our band. Um, you know, there's this thing called the Van Austin Tour that I was a part of uh, back in uh, 2012, about two years ago. And uh, a good friend of ours, Polar Bear, just finally got around to presenting a video. And it's online right now. So if you go on YouTube and you Google Van Austin 2012, you can check out the video. And it's awesome. He did just get back from his honeymoon. Probably why I know he was he was a long ass honeymoon in New Zealand. Oh man, Such that would a, be Ben Austin uh, V for Ventura V E N A U S T I N. Yeah, see, yeah, but you know I'm all over social media. Uh, Shane Mac Instagram. You can call me Macklebox <laughs> on the grammar. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, and Facebook, all that stuff. You know, Google. It is what it is, man. If you're internet savvy, you'll be able to find it. And it's true. I, I encourage everyone. To, uh, to find to just it. Keep your fingers moving and explore. Always. Absolutely. That's a, that's a good motto. Uh, anyway, Kai, you can find me at OB1 Kainobi everywhere. Dan Clark. Dan, uh, Spoonie DX everywhere. This is John Swaven. Don't bother me. <laughs> yeah. 
Except right, for on Goldie. Tinder at, at Hot Johnny. Yeah, Hot Johnny 69. On Tinder. Tumblr. Live journal. Anyway. Shane, uh, you do us a favor and just say cue the bossa nova. Hey, cue the bossa nova.